This podcast does not constitute medical advice. All changes surrounding medications, diet and exercise should be made in consultation with a professional who can assess your unique health circumstances. Welcome to the Rheumatoid Solutions Podcast with Clint Patterson, helping you to live an easier, healthier, and happier life. Welcome back to rheumatoidsolutions.com. Today, we're going to be talking about feet and ankle mobility and strengthening exercises. So if you've got problems in that area, discomfort, rheumatoid arthritis in the ankle, if you feel that your alignment's out, if you feel that the whole area needs strengthening, or you just want to learn more, then today's episode is going to be great for you. To guide us through this, I've invited back one of our specialist coaches inside Rheumatoid Support, which is our support forum area. And his name is Carl Reeder. He's been on the show many times and he's helped many, many people inside our support forum to improve different areas of their body through optimal use techniques, techniques that are natural for the body and, uh, and help to build strength and flexibility and ultimately to relieve pain in painful joints. So, Carl, welcome back. Clint, so good to be back. And um, yeah, I was just uh, as we're chatting, just get recovering from COVID. So, uh, um, very good to be back and joining you guys. And um, yeah, nice to be able to talk again. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. And uh, and thank you for doing this. Um, you know, we were scheduled for last week. And you said, "Look, I just need another week for uh, just to be able to to do this professionally, you know." And before we get into the all of the stuff that we've got planned today, I think it would be interesting for for viewers and for listeners just to hear about your experience. I drew the metaphor um, before we got started here that you know, if someone like The Rock, you know, Dwayne Johnson, can fall susceptible and contract COVID, and his whole family had COVID and affected him a lot. It just shows that no one is immune to this naturally, and um, and and you being a health and fitness and strength coach, and uh, you know, it just goes to show that we're all exposed, and we all got to be careful. So, tell us what your experience was was like, and what how how you feel that you got this, and how it affected you and your family. Yeah, my wife was around some people, friends, uh, just a local play date with the kids, and um, you know, we they told us they had COVID, and we waited about nine days we had no symptoms anything and then suddenly after the ninth day my wife went down and then i went down a week uh, two days later a really bad flu lots of headaches uh, my wife struggled with her breathing which is not a fun thing to go through and um but yeah we uh, we haven't been vaccinated yet hasn't got out to our level yet so um but yeah just very very weak very very tired you'll notice in my talking i'll be talking less passionately this time but um yeah, I was just even like walking like one mile, you know, you've finished, you, you have to come home and sleep. And um, even now after this interview, I might go lie down for a half an hour and just, just rest. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty hectic. Mm, yeah, well, obviously very sorry to hear that you went through that. And uh, uh, around the world, so many people have been through similar situations. And um, thankfully, you know, you're on the other side and you're going to have a full recovery and everyone's in the family is, is, is healthy. So that's the main thing. And Again, thanks for um, 
for being so good and and still being here to to share and must be good to be able to do something productive and useful after feeling probably not many of those sort of feelings over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's just such a challenge of the family. My kids had it as well. So you've got no support because you've got no one wants to be can be around you. So it's it's uh, yeah, it's two weeks. We had it for two weeks, so it's pretty. Yeah, so it's a real uh, mind 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 game of more than anything. It's just mentally having to stay strong. Mm. And now just no. slowly getting back to back to life and back to exercises. And um, I know that's quite relevant with the ankle and feet because it's something that also takes time to to deal with. You know, foot pain. So it's 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 really tested my patience of if anything. Mm. I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, let's move into that part of our conversation. You know, last time we had a really, really well-received conversation about upper band exercises, sorry, upper body exercises using elastic bands, bands that you can buy online very inexpensively. And if you didn't watch that episode, but you're interested in building upper body strength, um, back, shoulders, and so forth, some chest, triceps, and you just want to just have a very inexpensive workout at home go and check out the most recent episode that Carl and I did together. We cover that. And in fact, on the, on the um, page at rheumatoidsolutions.com, search for Carl, you'll see that. You can also download a uh, free PDF on the, those exercises and follow them at home if you just want to grab the cheat sheet. So today, though, we're talking about ankles and feet. So um, why don't you guide us through some of the ideas that you had to share with us and then I will jump in with questions and uh, and and ask as as we go. Sure. Well, you know, it's quite popular for a lot of people to have struggle with their with their feet and their ankles, and they've been advised to do um, ankle exercises. So um, there's usually three camps of people or groups. There's those that do the ankle exercises and hate them and feel worse afterwards. And there's those that do them and actually really benefit and, and feel great, and it's a great way to maintain their feet. And there's another group that I work with a lot. Well, I work with all groups, but are quite popular are the group that don't do any ankle exercises and feel do core and squats and sort of whole body exercise and their ankles feel better. So it's you have to know where you are, what camp you're in, and what your experience is. But just um, it's important to be aware that that it's it's uh, the ankle is very complex. Um, 22 bones, 33 joints, and over 100 soft tissues, tendons, muscles, and ligaments. So you. It's very complex. Can I just clarify there that you said that a lot of the time when your when your clients through working on the upper parts of their leg actually experience improvements to their ankles? Absolutely. I just have a client now in the, in the US who we're working with, and she had some sore ankles. And but her main, main thing to me was please help me with my core and and her her back. And so we started doing core exercises and I asked her recently how the ankle's doing. And she said, actually really good. I, I just haven't had any pain. And I didn't haven't done any ankle exercises with her. So the ankle's very susceptible to posture. So any postural changes uh, and obviously weight gain is a problem as well. Uh, but if you can improve your posture even slightly, it has a huge effect because of gravity. And it's, we know it's the foundation of your body. So any changes in the, in the posture goes down to the ankle. Yeah. Yeah, um, makes sense, doesn't it? Okay, so when we would uh, seek to improve our posture, are we talking about maybe getting those shoulders back, chest out, not slouching at the table? I mean, walk us through some some fundamentals there. Yeah, I mean, you know, you ideally when you're standing, you want your knees slightly bent. So a lot of people have like sway back posture or 
they've got all these too much curvature in their spine. So it, it's it's trying to get the balance and the curvature in the spine, you know, back to as, as ideal as possible. Soft knees and, and as you said, getting the shoulders not too hunched forward in, in a good alignment. It all it all uh, sort of impacts directly on the am- on the ankle. Then obviously, if you've got pain, if you've got back pain or you've got knee problems, there's a lot of compensations which shift weight to so the foot you start getting too much weight on one side of the body. So I see often people say when they stand, eighty percent of their weights on the one side, you know, so the ankles is taking pretty much. You've just shifted all the load onto one ankle, you know, so that's a big problem. Fantastic, yeah, of course, I can certainly attest to issues that arrive with the ankle when you don't have. A nice balanced weight between both legs. You know, I used to have a unbelievably swollen, inflamed left knee. I was um, for years um, with inflammation, limping awfully. I mean, um, people would look at me and think, "How come that guy's not in the emergency room?" With the amount of pain and discomfort that I would get around with, um, mm. and then for subsequent years, many many years of just having bad osteoarthritis in that knee, and sometimes favoring it, perhaps going up and down stairs and so forth. But as a result of that, I don't have uh, inflammation in the left ankle, but it rolls in a lot. Like it, the left ankle is more rolled in than what my right ankle is, which looks completely normal. So that sounds like a consequence of the upper body area having problems like we've been discussing. It's, 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 we have to look at what we call the lower limb biomechanics. You know, it's the whole leg and mainly your glutes, your buttocks muscles and your hamstrings is the key to, to stopping what we call the over rotating of the, of the lower body internal rotating. So we'll touch on that later. We get on to balance exercises, but a, a big thing is, which is really important for listeners to hear is, is the, you want to reduce what's called neural tension, tension in the nervous system. And that's uh, what that does is it's it's just basically from pain or from stress, it causes the, the calf muscles to overwork. So when you talk to most people, they're always saying they want to do calf stretches or some sort of calf exercises. But it's 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 you want to get the glutes and the hamstrings to do most of your work when you're balancing and not the calf muscles. And so a lot of people doing balance exercises that overwork their calf muscles. So I'm just going to slow down my, my talking. But anyway, you know, the, the key thing here is, the big problem is the calf stretch that people do. They put their leg behind them to stretch the calf muscles, and it actually causes an overpronation in the ankle. So you'll, you'll notice when you do a calf stretch, your whole ankle collapses to try to stretch your calf muscles, and it actually can really compromise the ankle, especially if someone like you is saying you're prone to that internal rotation. Okay. All right. Good. So we've learned so far that posture, both the sort of um, in, in the forward plane uh, the chest out, back, shoulders back, all this is really important. Um, and we want to um, also have soft knees when we're standing up. We want to keep our weight balanced as much as possible. Uh, so we've learned that and we've learned that the ankles are susceptible to all these things, uh, limping, balance and so forth. Everything that happens in the upper part of the body uh, can Correct. play a, a big impact on how the ankles end up. So let's talk about what we can do then, both through the upper body, uh, strengthening, stretching, stretching, as well as through the the actual part that we're worried about itself, which is the ankle and the foot. 
Well, I think if we start with the with the most important thing, the ankle loves uh, when you do what we call just breathing exercises. It's one of the biggest secrets is just letting go of tension. So taking that that if it's meditation or deep breathing, just letting go of tension. So important because it's that wiring, like the nervous system that that affects the ankle. And then you've got your whenever you do ankle mobility exercises, you always want to have it with your leg bent. So a lot of people do the alphabet or they do ankle rotations. You always want to make sure your leg is bent. Never do it with the leg straight in front of you because that puts tension on the nervous system. And then a thing we've talked about often in our podcast is just learning how to squat properly because if you squat incorrectly, if it's getting up and down from a toilet, a chair, your your knee goes too far forwards and you compress the ankle joints, which then promotes that that whole uh, fallen arch over pronating so simply just learning how to squat properly, which I've been doing with my clients a lot now, is, 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 has a, a profound effect on not only the ankle but your whole body. Yeah. Now, let's just pause there and talk about the squat. The one that you've shown me in the past inside our forum uh, is basically um, putting an object at, behind you so that your buttocks can come down to touch a certain point. In the gym, a lot of the heavy lifters call it a box squat. Um, but right. in this instance, the box, in inverted commas, is quite high to begin with, right? So we want to um, put our arms out in front of us to create a counterbalance, weight in the heels, lean back and touch our bottom against something that's at first quite high and easy and just do a whole yes. bunch of them. And then with time, slowly lower the uh, elevation so that we can get a bit deeper, correct? Correct. And the key thing is the knee must, a lot of the gym guys will in general will talk about not letting the knee go past the toes, but the key thing is you want your knee not to go past the midfoot. So there's your foot. You want your knee to be in line with your, like the here, not in line with your toes, because that puts too much strain on the ankle joints. You get a compression in the ankle joints, and then that compromises the, the toes and the mechanics there. So Weight in the heels is fine in the beginning, but you do want to try and get your weight more in the midfoot when you're squatting as well. Because when you put your weight in the heel for beginners, which I do teach, it activates the glutes, the buttocks muscles. But eventually you want to try and get your weight even distributed. We talk about a grounded feeling, like uh, some of my clients will say they feel anchored. That's that feeling. Then you can push through the whole foot. Otherwise, putting too much pressure on the heel can, over the long term, uh, not be is not functional. Mm, okay. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. So, what 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 is the next step, or what is another tip? Yeah. So, the, with that calf stretch, because people's a lot of people's calves are tight, is you can get onto on the side of the step or, or some telephone books or whatever, and just stand and then just drop down slowly, and you'll get your you'll get your your um, calf stretch, as opposed to putting it behind you and reaching back and trying to stretch out the calf muscle. Okay, so would you say that your body needs to be more vertical than leaning forward? You will have to lean forward a little bit to get that stretch, but you get less compression and and, and rotation in the ankle joint from doing that than if you were to put the leg behind you and try to stretch out, which is very common. Okay, and slight bend in the knees. Slide bend in the knees, yep, and 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 just listen to the. Or you have a body awareness in the ankle because you are going to get compression there. So if you do, and I'll take the guys through this, but what I like to do is is I like to do pointing exercises with my clients. So where you point the foot down, and you point your toes down, so you get to sort of like point your your feet down, and it opens up that joint. And then I go do the calf stretch standing up because it very often that there's a, a bone called the talus that sits on top of your heel. 
calcaneus gets restricted or blocked. And so when people try and strengthen or try and stretch that uh, calf muscle, they actually get what we call a bony limitation or fix, like a stuck. And then they, they get, get a lot of compression in there and that can aggravate that ankle. So the pointing of the toes, and we can do our stick uh, drawings and everything, but that pointing of the toes really opens up that those ankle joints. It's a very nice exercise. You can point it down. You can try and curl your toes as well and hold it for 10 seconds as well where you're sort of pointing down. That That's a very good exercise for the smaller muscles. Yeah, I'm doing it right now. I'm barefoot at the moment and I've just uh, extended my, you know, I've just squeezed my quads so my legs are straight out in front of me and I'm pointing my toes down. It, it feels good on top of the foot. You know, yeah, I think it opens up the top of the foot, correct? Yeah. And for those of us with kids who've witnessed kids who just sit on their heel, or sit on their sort of calf muscles and in a Japanese style, as, as they say in yoga, um, for, for seemingly like an hour at a time, the foot is totally outstretched and flat against the floor. Uh, and it just seems like a functional or natural uh, position for the foot to be in. And so whilst I cannot sit on my heels, I actually think that that's preventing a natural range of motion that otherwise, you know, human beings should be able to go put themselves in. It's one of my advanced moves, but it's something that I do uh, quite effortlessly. And it's a lot of it's got to do with neural tension. So if there's a lot of tension in the nervous system. It's very hard to get that release all the way down in the, in the body and obviously knees if you've got compromise in the knees and the hips so there's a lot at play but just another tip for people doing the squats nice of the ankle is roll a towel and stand on the uh, put your heels on top of the obviously you've got like a little bit of an elevation like a bit of elevation on the heels uh, it'll help you to squat easier and it will just take a lot of pressure off your, off your achilles tendon and the calf muscles because if you are restricted in the in the, in the ankle and the knees that makes squatting so much easier, especially for if I've got clients who are struggling with uh, bad ankles or hips. I put the towel probably about an inch, inch and a half. So it really feels like they like a heel. You're wearing like a heels and then you squat down. Hmm. I've seen that at the gym too. And in fact, when I first started going to the gym, when I was about 20 or something and having no idea what I was doing, you know, my friends and I used to squat with a 45 pound plate underneath our heels to get some elevation yes. and we had no idea why we were doing it other than we were seeing other people do it it's not as common you know these there's sort of trends and fashions at the gym with these sort of things i don't see it as much barefoot squatting seems to be really popular at the moment at the gym people guys squatting in just socks or even barefoot um or or heelless you know joggers joggers with very little heel underneath uh, so I see that a lot, but yeah, definitely, uh, you know, over the years, witness a lot of people squatting with their heels up. So, yep, thanks for uh, well, for thanks people for with knee. If you've got if you've got a very tight uh, joints and you've got pain and you've got back problems, it's a very very um, a, a great thing to do. It makes it much easier. It's um, you know, if you try and do a deep squat and you've got physical lim limitations and neural tensions, you're actually going to you're going to start damaging and compromising other areas of your body. So I like the barefoot, that, that's more advanced. And if you've got the mobility, then by all means, go for it. But for those who are struggling, it's, it's, you just need that sort of prop to help you. Yeah, I love it. Okay, fantastic. What's, what's next on our to-do list here, Carl? Yeah, so the, with especially your um, 
letting go of the, that, that tension. You know, you can also, a lot of people do, they like pull a towel so they have a barefoot and they, they use their toes to sort yeah. of pull. You've probably heard that as well, pick up marbles. You're looking at what's called the intrinsic small muscles, and it does, it does help. Uh, there are people who have benefited from that. It's it's just remember if you were born if you if you uh, lose or loss of your hands or you were born with no arms or hands, the brain the body is amazing how the neuroplasticity can actually use your foot as like a hand you can write and you can pick up. So those intrinsic muscles are are used as a like a redundancy in a sense. But it's in terms of supporting arches and foot pain. Some benefit from it, some don't, uh, and it's mm. it's very difficult. It's a very fine motor skill. Uh, mm. As I said before, you've got to look at more the upper limb body uh, mechanics, which we can go into now. So balancing exercises, you know, those are the, that's what we need to work on. It's so important to get what we control that, stop that rotation of your lower body, your lower limb turning inwards. Does that make sense? Yeah, it certainly does. All right, guide us through our, our balancing so, routine. Yeah. The most important is the glutes, and you want to do those exercises uh, standing up. And uh, there's a lot of exercise. You see people lying on their side, and it's called the clam, where they sort of open up, and it does target those muscles, or you can lift your leg up in the air. It does target the glutes, but it's not functioning on the ankle. So standing up, you want to preferably be barefoot. And the secret here to balancing exercises, you must have the knee in a soft position. So if that's your knee, it mustn't be bent. And let's just be relaxed. So just loosen the knee, which then gets the, the we call the posture chain muscles, your hamstrings, your calf, and your glutes to, to do the work. What most people do when they do balancing exercises is they lock out that knee and they find the calf muscles doing all the hard work, which you don't want. The calf is not your balance muscles. The glutes, your buttocks muscles, and the hamstrings are your balancing muscles. And so, again, also when you do balancing that you look straight ahead, don't look down because that also puts tension on the nervous system. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Now, my experience from doing lots and lots and lots and lots of yoga over the years is the more you balance on one leg, the more secure and strong you feel in the ankle. Uh, the ankle's working like crazy during Absolutely. those balance. Yeah. Like Absolutely. crazy. And those fine, those little, those little intrinsic muscles, I mean, as if you've got like, hundred soft tissue structures here that are doing stuff at a level that we can't even comprehend. It's it's just by doing basics, which is balance, is so, so key. I'll be cautious to advise the listeners, it depends where you are in your journey, but to be careful of wobble boards because any you know you might want to stand on a tile, but if you get too much wobbling action, uh, you actually can really be in a lot of pain. It can really uh, be too 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 quick and and you and run the risk of twisting your ankle as well. I find that puts quite a lot of strain on, the, on people's ligaments. So I'm quite reluctant. Um, I'm very cautious when it comes to, especially with clients in pain, to be careful to jump them onto a wobble board or a, um, like a soft mat. A, a yoga mat you can try because that's quite nice. It's, it gives you not too much like, you know, but, but these you buy those Eric's mats, stick, it can, be very, can cause a lot of pain. Mm. Yeah, those wobble boards, uh, yeah. A bit too, uh, a bit too beyond what we're trying to achieve. So, with the, I mean, it goes without saying. I think uh, that we're trying to talk about standing on one leg here. Um, we've talked about balancing, but we haven't really spelt out that we're talking about getting on one leg, slightly bent knee. Correct. Um, maybe uh, you know we've got to look straight ahead and really concentrate on trying to hold a balance. 
I imagine that at first it's okay to reach out and and maybe even put one finger on a chair in front of you if balancing on one leg's just a little challenging before you be able to 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 Correct. advance onto no 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 support. Yep, very good. And and the key is to focus on the knee and not the ankle. So quite a lot of people when I coach them online is they they try to if especially they're struggling with that over rotating. If they try to go to the other extreme, they're on the outside of their feet, which, which you've got to be careful of. You've got to watch out from, and some people just do it because it's to avoid pain, but try to stay in a, like a neutral position. So don't, you know, try to find what that feels like. And then concentrate on your knee, because if you concentrate on your ankle, your, your brain goes to where, wherever you're given the instructions. So if, you, if you, you're trying to focus on the ankle, trying to be so much in that neutral position, that the knees is shaking. If you can keep the knee in a good alignment, like straight, so not letting it go in, in into towards drifting towards the internal midline, then the ankle naturally just stays in a neutral position. So it's a little subtle change, but it makes a big difference to focus on where the knee's doing rather than your ankle. Yeah, fantastic. That's a great tip. Um, if if people have learned nothing else except just listening to this concept of balancing on one leg and trying to hold that position for as long as possible, that that will strengthen and improve the ankle, then this will be a valuable uh, use of your time. I have found that personally, definitely over the years by going to yoga. And interestingly, uh, it always felt it always felt like as the ankle got stronger, the whole balancing ability just explodes. It's almost it feels like the weakest link I, I feel in a lot of the balancing exercises. And so for me, yeah, um, I used to have to concentrate on just trying to not roll left or roll right at that ankle because at one point when the ankle was inflamed on the left side, rolling into it used to really aggravate it, really aggravate it. I'd notice it the next day. So when I was in these standing positions, I was like, do not roll left and right. I must stay right in the middle. And I was happy just to put the other leg down rather than falling for more than just a brief moment. Immediately, the leg would go down on the other side to stop rolling into the painful areas. But I tell you, this really works. This really strengthens the ankle uh, standing on one leg. Um, And it's because you've got the lower limb mechanics. It's the whole limb, the lower limb. It's like kinetic chain we talk about. It's... it's, um... And it's uh, in the past we haven't. There hasn't been a lot of success because I, I think, from my own experience, when I was starting out twenty years ago, when we did these exercises, we didn't do it. We didn't see a lot of good results, and it was because most of the time we had clients and patients standing in the clinics with their legs, their knees were locked, so they were just they were just trying to balance on the ankle, and it, it actually inflamed yeah. it and aggravated. It. But when the minute I found this whole thing of softening the knees, and the other thing I want to bring is just a slight forward lean from your hips. So not standing upright. So you've got to, some extreme would be the aeroplane. Have you seen people like where they lean right forward, their hands out in front of them? You can do that if you've got the mobility, but just very slight lean will bring will start to bring on the glutes, the buttocks muscles, and the, the hamstrings. So you don't want to be, remain too upright. Mm. So that makes okay. sense, yeah. Yeah, awesome. That, okay, that's an advanced thing, but it, it does help to bring on the glutes, especially if you're running or walking, you know, you're, you're, you've got a bit of a... Mm. Okay, great. I have a question regarding uh, a little elastic band that I have here around um, ankles, but I want to bring that up once you've sort of exhausted everything that you already had planned to talk about with the ankles before we move on to the feet. 
So is there anything else you wanted to add about the ankles? Yeah, I like to do um, the, like a, where, where you have the, the shake the legs. I don't know if, if you're sitting down with your feet flat on the ground and you just sort of shake your, you shake your muscles and the lower limbs. So just, just shaking like you see my hands doing this, it sort of releases tension. It, it gets rid of, you see some people, tennis players, they sort of shake that, shake it off. We call it shaking it off. It just lets go of that neural tension, but by shaking the legs, with your legs in a nice comfortable position, not like open and closed wide. You don't want to like damage your hips or knees, um, but just it also has a huge effect on the ankles. That, that's actually before the ankles love releasing tension. When you let go of tension, it, it, it's, it's like your ankle feels like it's really soft and mobile. Are you going to demonstrate that to us in a minute or, um, the, or is that the, the, otherwise? The shaking one? Yeah, I just can't quite get that one right in my mind. If you can see me, like just basically okay. shaking the. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Just, 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 just like moving it. your, like shaking your, like you're just basically sh- a wiggle, like a like a shake off. We should call it like shaking the nerve. I actually gave it to a client the other day, and she said, "Oh, we did this, and like it was in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a in a conference, and they heard how did you did you at the conference?" And I said, "No, it's something I've discovered." So yeah, it's amazing how it releases the tension. I said, "That's it. You want to get rid of the tension." Yeah, yeah. It's almost this this. It's a weird way of putting it, but uh, it's almost as if you're trying to to um, like wiggle fat on your legs, even if there's none That's there. It, yeah, you wiggle went fat. Down, you yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got zero fat to wiggle. But I can, I can feel yeah, yeah, yeah I can all the muscles them. are shaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It, it feels kind of weird. Yeah, it's good. It's good, but it's um, it's the best way I could describe it. Okay, let's shake it off. Shake it off, and then shake it off. What, what and just be careful next? with the, with 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 ankles. When you change and start to mobilize the ankle, sometimes it 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 realign it, it realigns. So then the knee and the hips are like, what's happened? And so you end up getting you might end up getting knee and hip pain. Sometimes the SI, which is the sacroiliac joint where your pelvis and the spine meet, uh, it can get 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 sore. So you just got to be careful uh, with those things as well. Uh, sometimes when I've overdone my ankle, I feel my knees are sore and I'm like, why does that hurt? And then I go back and do a squat and it's gone because I've been playing, experimenting with my ankle, you know, developing exercises. And But I've definitely mm-hmm. noticed in clients when you do too much ankle works, the knees is, is the next up the chain that sort of complains. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Um, anything else then before we talk about my band here? No, I'm 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 happy with that. Yep. Okay. Look, uh, yeah. Look, it's a, the elephant in the room in a sense is you know the weight loss is a big part as well. If you can lose weights, uh, even small amounts, you need to reduce that load. Um, obviously, if you're bedridden, it's not easy. But just any sort of cardiovascular cycling or something that can just get a bit of yeah, it's very important. Yeah. Okay. Great. Anyone doing Patterson program will find that uh, if they're carrying excess pounds beforehand. Uh, they should find it fairly easy to uh, to shake off, shake it off. <laughs> yeah, uh, shake it off. <laughs> yeah, because, uh, yeah, we have a lot of people who at first have a little bit of a, a weight issue and certainly find it easy to, to lose the excess pounds with their dietary adjustments. So that'll help their ankles, which is uh, another bonus. So I've got a... a for those people uh, listening to this who aren't, who aren't seeing, we've got a, a continuous loop, kind of massive rubber band, basically, that I've got here. Um, you can get these online. These are also inexpensive. And uh, you get a set of them, and they come in different grades of challenge. The one I've got here 
Uh, it's a mostly light. A, a light one. Now, what I do is um, we talked about my left ankle um, having the overpronating, meaning that I'm rolling in uh, towards you know the area between my feet. And what I've been doing recently that intuitively feels right, certainly doesn't give me any pain, is I just stand with my feet shoulder width apart and I just have this band wrapped around my ankles. And then I simply um, move my ankles, roll, I roll my ankles out against the band. And what I find is that they, um, they feel good afterwards. It just feels like I'm doing something to counteract that evolution of, I guess, misalignment over the years. Um, do you think that that's going to be okay? Do you think it has promise to actually uh, creating some positive changes? Yeah, certainly. And as long as you also have that soft knee position, because you don't want to be just doing too much in the ankle, but you'll be working a lot of the glutes and the hamstrings in that exercise. So the, the right, we call it external rotators. So you've got you know, internal, external, and that's very, very important. Now, are you coming up on your are you coming up on your toes and doing that as well? Or are you just saying, okay, but that might be an advance as well. It's quite good to get that to get up on the toes but externally rotate as well. So you, you're kind of doing that action, which is what I which I work a lot on as well, especially for surfers and that not your, your community, but for, for the athletes as well. So we get them to get that ankle mobility there. Yeah, great. Okay. Because yeah, the minute wonderful. you lose the minute you get that overpronation, especially in balance sports. You lose you lose your balance quickly, so we work on that a lot. So up mm. and then to the outside. You, know, you watch ballets as well; they sort of tend to roll out onto their feet as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Good, good. So, um, so coming up onto the toes just slightly, if I want to experiment with that, and then and then externally rotate the ankles against the band, and then back down yeah. again. Yeah. Do, you, do okay. exactly what you do. Just come up, even if it's half an inch, just a little bit to yeah. play with that to set lifting. Yeah. Yeah, okay. We call it, it's called the phalangeal break. So where your where your toe, the line is, it's at a forty five degree angle. So when you step up, like you'll notice, even with my hand, it sort of rolls at an angle. The toes sort of oh. there's a line. So when people do step up exercises, they tend to do that. They tend to just stay on their big toe, but you actually want to go onto the side toes in a sense. You get better balance. So even when you're walking, on, when you're walking, you, you toe off, but you, you tend to come to the side. Does that make yeah? You, know, you roll. I got it. Yeah, so yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. So that's that's also standing on your toes. I see a lot of patients and clients, they want to stay on their big toe. And I'm not saying roll completely off to the side, but just try to feel that your, your, all those toes are bending or flexing. Also good exercise. Okay. Yeah, nice. All right. That's a normal walking exercise. <laughs> mm, yeah, I, I can see that. I, yeah, because the toes, given that the big one is further uh, further away from your heel than the little one, uh, creates definitely a... Uh, like you said, a forty-five degree angle of yeah, okay, Great. all right. Let's let's move on to the feet. I'm sure some of the concepts we've talked about can apply also for for feet. But could I bring up the challenges that we hear about in the rheumatoid community a lot, which is uh, insufficient foot arch is something that comes up, pain in the metatarsals, which is maybe a little bit um, beyond the scope of what you know, what you can address with just physical, physical things obviously remains a big challenge, but it's not maybe something we can address just with mobility exercises, but perhaps, and, uh, and just anything else that you think could be helpful if people are, are, are just not optimal in this area. You know, I said to you, like, 
even learning the squats or, or, or paying attention to what you do throughout the day can have a huge effect on your, on your feet. Standing too long, uh, be aware of those balances in, in, in asymmetries or the weight shifting, that, that's a big thing. Um, and then a lot of uh, people on YouTube will, uh, are mobilizing their feet as well. So they're, they're pulling their toes back. And, and again, you know, uh, that's not my area, but just, just make sure you work with someone who maybe can guide you through that process as well, because um, self mobilizations is, it does work, but it's, you can also be, can be quite painful if you're not trained to know what to do or push it too much. Uh, so there's things like where you're twisting your feet and, rolling it in and rolling it out. There's a lot of that sort of on, online at the moment on YouTube um, to help improve mobility. But again, just make sure you, 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 you do that cautiously and, and, and see how you feel afterwards. With regards to that pointing of the toes that you talked about before, which stretches the top of the feet, um, yes. intuitively, when I do that, it seems to feel good to improve foot arch. It feels like the muscles under my foot are being recruited to pull my toes down and to do that stretch, probably in conjunction with calf muscle, other stuff. But anyway, um, I look at my foot in that position, and especially when you curl the toes, there's an excellent foot arch. And I think I like this approach to try and improve my foot arch. Do you think that it can, over consistency, improve the arch like that? It's my number one go-to. So I start with that first with the pointing of the toes for the hole for 10 seconds and I build it to 15 seconds and depending on how the people respond. But I definitely see a, a once they start to then do the step-ups as well, when they do that after developing that basic strength as a progression, then we do see slight changes. It's, it takes time to improve the foot arch, but it's there's definitely benefits. People definitely respond to that pointing of the toes. Uh, it's, it's a natural natural movement and it really gets all those muscles all the different flexor muscles engaged like you said you feel so you're getting the strengthening of that um of those muscles plus you're getting that top part of your arch released mm, mm. you know we sit when people sit down at a chair or just in general their feet are often behind their knees so they're not getting that mobility of the pointed i mean half are you pointing your toes out you're not getting that full range of motion so that's why you also like it mm, 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 mm. Okay. And what about, you know, my football team here, here in Australia is the Parramatta Eels and one of the playmakers, he got injured in last year's finals. And uh, I was reading the detail of the recovery therapy that he was given because he came back to play in only two or three weeks after he did a major injury to his knee. And one of the exercises that they had him doing was a toe exercise where he was uh, had an elastic band and he was using his big toe uh, and doing toe exercises. Now, given that we're on the topic of feet, um, yes. have you ever used any kind of toe resistance exercises like I've described here and any benefits? I haven't used bands, but I do get some of my patients who can do it to lift their big toes up, you know, just to, to put, you know, you, it's very hard to, it's easy to spray your hands, but it's difficult mm. to sort of spray your feet, your muscles, mm. unless you've got some sort of gift or <laughs> mobility. But, <laughs> um, but it definitely, I find more the big toe or maybe it's just lack of coordination. I don't know, but the big toe, definitely strengthening the big toe is, is important. And it's what we call in, in the medical side, the windless mechanism. So, 
like as the big toe bends, as you push on it, it actually pulls the arch up. It's got like a pulling effect on the arch. So that's why that toeing off. So you need the mobility. And, and often in rheumatoids, people lose that, that big toe gets inflamed or they don't get that flexion. So it, it makes it quite tricky. But yeah, just starting off with the with mobility exercises, just trying to move your big toe alone is, a, is enough of a resistance. I personally haven't tried that. I can see how that could work, especially for football players, you know. Mm. Mm. Okay. You have to be guided by how you feel. I think that's so important. And your awareness of, you know, like notice, notice the effects after you've done the exercise because, yeah, you know, I'm amazed when I speak to people online and coaching them how they've been for three to six months of pain and they, they, still, they still keep going. And I, I just say, just, you know, maybe give it a, Give it a couple of days, but don't don't continue just on and on and on and on and, and hoping that this is because it's you know yeah it's 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 just sorry it's tricky it's tricky to 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 give if exercises are not natural you wouldn't really be ever in, you know you're not using your feet to, to to grip onto something or you know you don't need that sort of strength you know unless again like we talked about you writing with your feet or you're doing uh, that sort of those sort of exercises or or tasks yeah. Absolutely, which has just given me an idea about something we had agreed to talk about and we haven't yet covered. What are the cautionary steps prior to anything we've discussed for people if they have inflammation in the ankles before they get started so that we don't end up having counterproductive outcomes? Yeah, as I said, you want to you want to start with your releasing tension. It's such yeah. that is that they have to release that tension. Just the breathing, meditation, just letting go of tension. Then any sort of mobility. Try to do the mobility with a leg bent. Like I said, don't you can yeah. put you can rest your your heel on your knee and just do it smoothly and do it slowly. Um, sometimes the ankle clicks and and there's there's restrictions. Don't try to push through those restrictions. Just sort of work the other way around. Uh, some people do the alphabet, so they they write the alphabet ankle. Mm-hmm. There's going to be positions that you're going to feel that are restricted, and I think with the ankle, whenever you try and push it, that's where you start to get the pain. Or yeah, you know, rather do the pointing exercise a couple of times, keep it there, and then go back to another exercise. But don't mm-hmm. push through restrictions of the ankle. It's uh, you're going to come off second base very often. Mm. And now just throwing things off the top of my head, things that I've tried and seen. Uh, what about just uh, ankle rotations, extend your leg out in front of you or off the edge of a couch or something and just rotate them one way and then the other? Yeah, again, must have something under your knee. Don't do that with your leg straight because the yeah. leg straight, especially with people who are prone to calf tightness, are not going to get that mobility that you're looking for there. Okay. And and switch, switch exercises. So if you try something and it doesn't feel comfortable, stop and maybe do a calf stretch or maybe do a step up. And then if it doesn't feel comfortable, then go back to a rotation this way. So you, you're, it's so individualized, and that's where the coaching helps. But just to switch it up a bit, don't just do 12 this way and 12 that way and then go, you know, because it, it's, it's, you're trying to unlock it. It's, it's, as I said to you, you've got 33 joints that are moving all together with 100 mus- uh, soft tissues that are – so if something doesn't work or feel good, stop. Maybe do some breathing, but try to find your own uh, individual program, that what works for you and what feels good. Like when I did my exercise the other day, I was like, man, that feels so good. Like you just said, you know, that feels good. Then then mm. keep on with that. You know? Or I did, I did something the other day when I was lying in COVID and we were talking about this podcast, I was playing with my ankles and I was like, oh, hang on, that that doesn't feel good. Like, that's sore. 
and that actually made my ankle feel very unstable afterwards. So you have to just pay attention to the effects of the exercises are having on you. Yep, great. Uh, what about uh, using a foam roller for the calf muscles and hamstrings and, say, uh, quads? Sure, you must be in, in accord because I was about to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, I'm I'm fifty fifty with those those exercises uh, because when you release, you must remember with fascia, it's like the, the guy will stay the, of a, of a yacht. If you think about a boat, you've got the stays coming down. So when you start to release the one side, the other side takes tension. So you've got to be very careful of just going in and just releasing fascia. Um, especially under your feet, you'll get people who want to put a golf ball or something and they start to plant the fasciitis and excruciatingly painful. Then if you've ever tried that or done that with a marble or golf ball, some people swear by it, uh, others haven't walked for two weeks afterwards. Uh, you know, so it's, 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 I would, I would be, uh, to get to the foam roller, I would, I would maybe do what I call a gentle foam rolling. I would be very careful to go in and, and really try to release tension in the calf because uh, it's it's just you might relieve the tension in the calf but cause problems down or up the chain other way so um i'm i'm very cautious with those exercises yeah would we agree to say that uh if there's no uh no consequences that are negative after giving it a gentle go that in principle foam rolling's fine in principle, yes. I, I, I think that what I do with my clients online is you must balance it with strengthening. So you've okay. got to get to the muscles, why the fascia is tight in the first place, very often because glutes, buttocks, muscles, and hamstrings and your core are not strong enough. So whenever I give my clients that, I make sure, guys, we've got to do your strengthening because if you release it and, and you don't make those changes, then you're going to end up with it even becoming even tighter or weaker. Mm. Mm. Love it. I've always talked about strengthening and stretching, but what I think the the triangle or the triad or whatever it might be is strengthening, yep. strength, strengthening, stretching, and releasing, whether that be tension or the fascia. So you could bundle those together. So I think this, the, this, the work. Remember, the fascia always works with the muscles. Okay, it's a whole lining. It surrounds organs. Every every part of our body surrounded. But the key thing is that. Fascia always responds to the muscles. So if you have an atrophy or hypertrophy growing, it's a sock around the muscle. So if it, if the muscle's tight, the fascia gets tight. So what happens is now if you go and release the tight fascia, but you haven't touched the muscles, the there's, a, there's a very intimate connection. But there's a histamine. There's a lot of things going on there. But your the, the inflammation plays a big role as well because you get the inflammation of the fascia first because you can't build muscle until you build the sock. So and you can't, you need to release the tight muscle to release the fascia. So people are, are foam rolling the fascia, but they're not changing the strengthening or the mobility of the muscle underneath. So you get like a temporary feel good with, with, with the fascia stretching. That's why it's gone global. Uh, it feels so good to do that, but it's uh, many cases people can end up in worse con- situations because they haven't dealt with the muscle underneath. It's very intimately connected. Sorry, that's getting very technical now, but yeah. No, no, no. I, I love that. So. Would you say that it actually provides a sense of, of not complacency, but something similar to that, which can then in turn actually create a, a situation where the person is therefore less likely to actually uh, continue to explore things that are more beneficial? 
So if you start to feel good from the rolling, you can get addicted to that, but you're actually not then getting into, you know, doing Correct. the daily. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. So remember the muscle is giving communication to the fascia and the fascia has to change to correspond. So that's why when you do muscle building and you mm. want to build strength, it's the changes in the fascia. A lot has to do with estrogen, even in, 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 in men. We always think of estrogen as a, as a female hormone. Obviously it is, but in men it's the estrogen as well. Um, it's one of the reasons, this digressing a bit, why uh, a woman in that time of the month, they often can feel uh, very more flexible, especially in the feet, because it has the, the estrogen in, in the plantar fascia. It's the receptors mm. that actually help to strengthen and stretch your, your fascia and their hormone relaxant as well. There's a lot going on there. But to get back to the point is you've got to address the muscle underneath before you. So you, if you're rolling out your hamstring fascia, but you're not doing any hamstring exercises, or changing the way those hamstrings are, the order of the the sequence and how they the patterns, then you're gonna you're gonna get a temporary feel good effect, but you're gonna still end up with tighter fascia there because the muscles are not doing what they're supposed to do. Fantastic! All right, some great great info here. Um, what haven't we covered that you'd like to touch upon? Well, I, as I said, I've, I've, I find that that. Doing the ankle exercises are beneficial, but once we get people's posture and their glutes and their core working and, and just that basic core strength, it has such an effect on the posture, even those slight one, two degrees, how many people, like I gave these on my client, even myself, have just felt my ankles become really loose and supple and, um, and without even doing any calf exercises. So mm. just to leave the, the people listening, just be aware of tension in your body. Um, and the effect, just how core, we've heard it so often, strengthen your core, strengthen your core, but it's just, it's amazing how that, when that core is strong and the, and, and the body is able to balance the, the pelvis and everything, how the ankles are, are very grateful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And just while I was thinking, I wonder whether or not um, there's any comments you might have around walking. Is there a way that we should be walking? Should we walk with slightly toes out? Or should we our walk be feet that are perfectly parallel when they land? Should we heel strike? Are there any are there any sort of absolute musts that we should be paying attention to with walking? Well, I think walking is the most underrated exercise we, we can do. It's so good. Um, and then with there's some tips on walking. You do obviously want to heel strike. If you're in pain, people are going to compensate. So just be aware of how you maybe you don't if you've got if the balls of your feet are sore maybe when you toe off you, you might you know you might be making compensations there which can lead to back troubles um but smaller strides try not to do too much uphill walking because that really overworks the calf muscles um it puts a lot of strain on the ankles um be careful of like walking on the beach as well like soft sand it's, it's too much mobility in the ankle can aggravate the ankles as well but Jenny, you don't walk toes out. Toes out is for squats and, and deeper squats. You, you, you don't want to ever squat, in my opinion, where your feet stretch. Whenever you do balancing exercises, so if you're standing on one leg, feet straight. If you're squatting, feet turned out slightly. When you're walking, preferably you want your feet to be facing. There's obviously a very slight, we'll talk about it, as your foot does turn a little bit, but you don't want to walk where you're trying to, like a, like a duck, duck, you know. That's <laughs> Yeah. Okay. All right. Fantastic. Well, there's so much stuff that we've covered. I'm not going to go through and uh, and uh, summarize all that from my notes because I think that we've had a you know 
one of the reasons is because we've had quite a natural conversation where we've jumped over, jumped here and jumped there a little bit with uh, what we've covered. I hope that it's been really helpful for our audience. And you've got one more thing. Just a little walking, like try not to squeeze muscles when uh, it's very common at the moment for people to be walking, bracing uh, and squeezing in muscles. Just try to get away from that. I know there's a concept of trying to work your tummy muscles or your glutes, but try again, that adds tension to the body. So when you're walking and you've got everything stiff and rigid, trying to get your core strong, it doesn't help the ankles. Okay. All right. Thank you. So, um, you know, I just like to, uh, just like to, to go over some of the real basics without going through my big list. I've created a long list here, uh, of all the things notes that I've taken throughout our conversation. You know, we, in sort of topic terms, we've got to work on our posture. We've got to work on relaxation. We have to work on um, building strength in the upper parts of the leg uh, because the ankle is downstream and it's basically or reactionary to everything else that's going on upstairs. And just by doing that uh, can, can take a lot of ankle pain away. Um, and Balancing is one of the key things to target ankle improvement directly because the ankle has to really, really work hard to to maintain balancing on one leg and that's therapeutic for the ankle. And then everything like um, all of the stuff at the ankle itself is hit and miss and that's experimental for everyone, the rotationals, the flexing. Yeah, well said, yeah. Uh, yeah, right. So that's where um, people need to work either with someone like yourself or at home and, and take, take some careful notes and make sure that they're recording what they're doing so that if something doesn't work, they don't repeat it and they try something else. And uh, we, we just want to work on, you know, sensible things, you know, don't aggravate the ankle because aggravation uh, is clearly not, not the right, not going to be progressing, right? Thank you so much. Uh, you know, I think that we've gone over a ton here. Um, we did create, as I said, a one-page checklist for everyone in the previous episode. I don't know um, whether or not uh, what we've covered really calls for that in this episode, but uh, if you would like to to put something together, then I'll share it. So, yeah. um, you know, when you feel a little bit better, I, we've got a couple of weeks as we're recording this before it'll be released. Uh, maybe some homework for you is if you can, if you do have some things that'll complement this, then we'll share them on this podcast page, which will be over at rheumatoidsolutions.com and you'll be able to search for Carl and this episode will come up. Carl, I hope you continue to to feel better and hope your family continues to get back to 100%. And uh, as always, thanks so much for sharing today. Thanks, Clint. Uh, always good to be on the show. Thanks for listening to Rheumatoid Solutions. If you'd like to get more help to live an easier, healthier, and happier life, visit rheumatoidsolutions.com.